find yourself a seat, make yourself feel comfortable. Um, and it's great, to, it's great to be sharing with you this morning. I, I want to start with a question, uh, first of all. So the question is, have you chosen to follow Jesus? So some yeses, some noes probably as well. If, if your answer to that question is no, we're delighted that you are here this morning. And um, I just want to, you know, encourage you, this is a great place to find out a little bit more about Jesus, ask some questions. Um, it's great to have you here with us. Now, if you answered yes to that first question, I'd like to ask you a second question. That second question is, have you been baptised? Okay, we've got some yeses around the room and maybe some noes as well. I just very simply want to invite you. You know, Jesus said to us, um, he said believe and be baptized, okay? And so those two things really go together for us. And we'd, we'd love to invite you, if you haven't yet chosen to be baptized, being baptized is just an incredible opportunity to share publicly what has gone on inside your heart, okay? And it's also an opportunity, it's just an incredible um, moment, you know, there's a little bit of water involved, it's normally warm, that's all good. Um, and, um, and it's just an incredible time just to kind of really show to the world what, what is going on inside you. So if you would like to find out a little bit more about that, if you're one of those people who have not yet been baptised, we're going to be running What is Baptism? And that's going to be coming up on Sunday the 18th of March, which for those of you that are more observant, that is next Sunday, 5.30. Um, and that will probably just be in the upper room up there. So if you haven't yet been into the upper room up there, it's a great opportunity even to do that. So um, you can come along, find out some more, ask a few questions. And then we're going to be baptising people at our Easter Sunday service, which is just a few weeks away. So it can be chocolate and baptism all in one morning, okay? That's, you, that's pretty good. You can't beat that. Okay, wonderful. Um, so for those of you that have been around for these last few weeks, you'll know that we've been talking a lot about shaped more. We believe that every one of us, that's everybody in this room and in this world, has been shaped uniquely. And that we, and that also that, that we are passionately believing that there is more for all of us in life. The shape is also an acronym, and I think that's going to come up behind me as well. Um, and last week, you know, last couple of weeks, we've been looking at spiritual gifts. Andy spoke last week about heart and passion. And this morning, we are going to be looking at ability. Now, when I look around this room, I see a whole lot of ability. Okay, I see people who are brilliant cake bakers. I see people that are just great at fixing stuff. I see people that are brilliant musicians. And I see Ash as well. And I see us. I, anyway, and I see people who are fantastic at design. Sorry, I have to get in that. He is fantastic. We love Ash. Um, I see people that are brilliant at hospitality. I, I see people that have done, um, you know, just kind of go above and beyond to kind of bless those that are around them. I see people that are great at football. I see people that are brilliant at shopping as well. Now, we're going to be looking a little bit this morning. I'm afraid you've got the old, yeah, I haven't got a new slide there. I was going to put a new slide in there. It was going to be great. And, um, and I clearly, we, we can pause on that one just for a moment. But there are a lot of abilities around the room. Okay, and so, but in the Bible, there's a guy called David. He was um, a shepherd. He was a musician, he was a warrior, a poet, a leader, and a king. And we're going to look at two stories that show us 
a bunch of different things that David, you know, got up to in his life. And so, you know, he's this shepherd boy. You know, he starts off in the beginning. He's this shepherd boy, and he's been called in from the field, and he is anointed the king of all of Israel. But there's one problem. There's already a king in place, this guy called Saul. So we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel 16 in just a moment. But can I just pray for us all before we start? Lord, I just thank you so much for each and every person in this room. Lord, I thank you that you have made us uniquely. I thank you for the abilities that you have given us. And I pray, Lord, that as we explore this together, would you help us to find ways that we can use our abilities to bring your life and your love and your light into the communities and the places that you have placed us. So, Lord, speak through me. I pray that anything that is not of you, would people just forget. But I pray the things that you want to say this morning would just resonate in our hearts, Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Why don't we turn it in our Bibles? If you've got um, a physical Bible, you've got a device, why don't you bring up 1 Samuel 16? And we're going to pick up the story in verse 15. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the liar. That's the kind of part. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the liar. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor-bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Whenever the Spirit from God came on Saul, David would take off his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul, he would would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. And let's just pause there just for a moment. Here we have this shepherd boy, who's clearly more than just a shepherd boy. He's been invited away from the field, tending a sheep, to spend time with royalty. And using his God-given ability to bring comfort and peace to a struggling king. Now, around the same time, you know, Israel were at war with their enemies, the Philistines. If you read, you know, uh, one Samuel, two Samuel kings, and a bunch of stories about lots of wars going on. It's a pretty tough time for them. But they're at a standstill right in this moment because no one is going to make the first move. And then up, up pops this giant called Goliath, and I'm sure many of you have heard that story. And every day he challenges them to a fight. And the way it would work is that, you know, it would be a a champion on one side versus a champion on the other side. And it would mean that they wouldn't have to go to battle. And so every day the Israelites took one look at this huge giant of a man, Goliath, and said, no thanks. Until this young shepherd boy, David, this liar playing all round good boy, he shows up to bring his brother some supplies. And says, basically, I am hard enough, or at least God is. So he's the 
the soul takes it, okay, if this situation you're sitting on, this guy is an experienced fighter, but uh, I've been sitting in the giant, he's massive. And so we're going to pick up the story again, uh, chapter 17 and verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and seized the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, stuck, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. If uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord will rescue me from the fall of the lion, and the fall of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. And Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a cloak of armor on him, and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic. The giant walked around him, but he was not used to that. I cannot go in this, he said to Saul, because I am not used to this. So he said, Well, now let's get one of you verses to verse 45. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cast off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine armies to those faithful birds of the air. For the Philistine armies and the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Excuse me just a second. You know, I love these two stories. You know, on one hand, you've got David the musician, calm, gentle. And the other basically just shows David in beast mode. But underpinning everything, I think, is this supreme confidence. Now, if you watch any reality TV shows, you get to see a lot of confidence, don't you? Sometimes it's, um, you know, rightly, they, they're brilliant at what they do. Other times, not so much. But David's confidence doesn't come from knowing how brilliant he is at anything. His confidence comes from knowing God and knowing who he is shaped to be. And so this morning, um, before we start looking at abilities, I just want to explore a little bit about where that confidence comes from. And the first thing is knowing God. So David has this unchangeable belief in God. And it says in verse 18, I have seen the son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. And the Lord is with him. So beyond David's abilities, what stood out was the fact that the Lord was with him. People could see it in him. Everywhere he went, they could see that that's what, um, that's, what, um, that's what he was about. Now I wonder whether people would say that about you and I. If people were to say that the Lord is with me or with you or with us, 
Do I live my life in a way that people would say that? You know, so what, does that, what might that look like for us? I'd, I'd say it comes down to how we prioritize God, how we love God and how we love other people. So when Jesus was on the earth, he was asked what the two greatest commands were. And he said, love God and love others. That's the simplified version of it. And so what are we doing in our lives that puts God first and then others second? In loving God, do we, do we place a priority on, on worshiping by giving our lives to putting him first? on spending time with God each day, opening up the Bible, praying, worshipping, choosing to be at church each Sunday with other people that we can learn and we can grow together? Are we sharing his good news in in practical and, and verbal ways around to the people around us? And in loving others, are we treating people well? At work, study, play, do we show compassion to those that are in need? Do we pray for healing? Do we stand up for injustice? You know, these are the kind of things that I think, you know, if if we're going to be people that people will say the Lord was with him or her, that's what it might look like. He wants us to let those two commands shape the life that we live to lead. And secondly, David, he let his view of God shape the way David recognized that it didn't start with his ability. 
sons and daughters of creation. Now, if you have a Bible, in the middle you'll find, just about the middle, you'll find the Psalms. And so many of those were written by David. These are songs, poems, confessions, all written to God. I love this line from Psalm 139. We looked at it in the gallery a couple of weeks ago. But you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Basically, before just really encourage you, if there's things that you need to deal with, 
you know, come and deal with those today because he just wants to love you and to show you his kindness. And thirdly, I, I believe that we just we don't need to try and be anybody else. You know, we saw we read um, in verses 38 to 40, David tried on Saul's armor. He's given to him to try on. It's probably the best armor in the land. It's probably the best armor money can buy. But for David, it just didn't work for him. It wasn't him. And I think so often we try and live our lives trying to be somebody else. Perhaps through the way that we dress or the way that we talk or act. We constantly try to impress others. And for many of us, we live our lives through the lens of social media, don't we? Where everything is either absolutely great or utterly horrendous. There's no middle ground, is there? You know, there's no kind of everyday stuff. It's like it's one or the other. Either that or we try and live, trying to meet the expectations of others. Maybe it's a parent, a spouse, a domineering sibling or friend. But that is not how it was meant to be. And I think today God wants to take off those layers that we put on ourselves. The clothes or the social media posts we hide behind or the expectation of others. And to let you be you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were knitted together in your mother's womb and you have unique abilities that God longs for you to use. We are shaped for more. So bearing that in mind, we all have unique abilities. So how are we going to put those abilities into practice? And the first thing I believe is just knowing what we're good at. So um, in, in verse 18, I've, I've seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem, that is David, who knows how to play the liar. He's a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. So David had many abilities. He was a warrior, shepherd, he was a good communicator, as well as a poet and musician. And he was a fine-looking man as well. And I can say that must be a burden, you know. But we're all given different abilities, aren't we? Some of us are, are great at sport. Some of us are brilliant at welcoming people, at, at being hospitable. Some of us are great at leading others, at gathering people. We're great at so many different things. And in fact, I would say if you wanted to find the most multi-talented people on this planet, then you can't go far wrong with a mum. I think they are the ones who kind of cover so many different areas, don't they? Probably all of those things and more. So, um, so on Mother's Day, I just, you know, we're, we're going to have an opportunity to pray for, for women a bit later. But, you know, so many, um, so many mothers, so many women do so many incredible things and are able to multitask in a way that some of us just can't manage. You know, um, it, there will be more opportunities to press into what our abilities are in, in the small group materials that will come out during the week. But if you don't know what your abilities are, I just encourage you to ask yourself, what are you good at? You know, if we're really honest, ask others who know us well. You know, pray and ask God to show you more. And the second thing, let me just take a quick step. The second thing is to practice. So we read in verse 34 that whilst looking after the sheep, David encountered bears and lions, and he took them on each one of those to look after his sheep. And he knew that when it came to facing a giant like this Goliath guy, he knew that God would take care of him because of what happened in the past. 
I don't know if you can imagine David going out, you know, the shepherd boy with his staff and his lyre. can't quite imagine what the lyre looks like, but it's just a harp kind of thing. It's going to be a bit cumbersome, doesn't it? Maybe it's a small one. Um, and he was looking after his sheep in the fields and in the hills, learning to shepherd his sheep, playing and singing, you know, writing poems and songs, and then responding to the danger when he comes across a bear or lion. I, I can't quite imagine that, but... There are places in the world where it's like that, even now. So Nicky Gumbel tweeted this. this is, Nick, Nicky Gumbel's the founder of um, Alpha. And he said, Before David fought life, he fought a lion and a bear. Every battle is designed to train, prepare, and build your confidence. You know, everything we do in life is preparation for the next thing. At this point in the story, David actually knew he was going to be king. Excuse me. And you know, David could have just said, you know what? I'm going to be king. So you know what? I'm not going to shepherd any more sheep. I'm not going to play my musical instrument. But he doesn't do that, does he? And God uses that time, his obedience in carrying on doing those things to shape him. And you know, sometimes our own plans in life, just like David's, even plans that we think have come from God, can be put on hold, perhaps indefinitely. And that's okay, but I think we need to get our attitude right in this. It can be so difficult when we've got this idea in our heads of where we should be going, and yet we're stuck doing something seemingly completely different, seemingly far less glamorous. And that is never easy. And I think perhaps for some of us we can focus so easily on the destination of where we're trying to get to that we forget about the journey. And I believe that the journey is always, nearly always just as important, if not more than important, than the destination we're trying to get to. So like David, I, I think we just need to learn to use every opportunity for good. With David, he carried on doing what was in front of him, the looking after the sheep. Every situation, I believe, in life is an opportunity to practice, to build confidence, to grow. And that might mean we need to be a little bit patient. And in my life, I, I know that in the jobs where I've, I've hated the most, to be quite honest, that I've loved the least, those are the times, you know, that I've actually grown the most. Because I've had to learn patience. And I've had to learn that it's not about me. And that can be really hard. So God wants to teach each one of us. He wants to refine us. He wants to prepare us and shape us in the waiting. And the third thing is just allowing God to use our abilities. So David was a shepherd, a songwriter, a worship leader, a giant killer, a king and leader, and he allowed God to use these abilities to bring him glory. But through every situation, God was preparing him for more. So David uses his God-given abilities to, to bless others, to look after his family, to bring peace to a struggling king, to bring freedom to the people of Israel. And I'll ask you, where can you use your abilities? Perhaps you've got, perhaps you love being hospitable. You know, maybe you can show some of that in a small group. Perhaps on a Sunday team in welcoming in serving refreshments. Maybe you've got some music skills. You know, perhaps you can play music for someone who's struggling, you know. 
come, go into perhaps a home, you know, where, where there may be elderly people or people that are struggling in life. You know, maybe in Young Vineyard or in a small group setting, lots of different places. Maybe you're a brilliant listener. Well, why not come down to the, the drop-in that, uh, that Bethan and Colleen were talking about earlier and come and listen to some people and just get alongside people. Maybe you've got brilliant admin skills. God bless you. We love you. You're fantastic. I, I, just, I just want to ask, you know, I'm going to put this out there. You know, we, we are always, um, we, we can always do with more support and help in different things. And if you reckon that you could spend a little bit of time, if you know that you're really good at admin, personally, I, w- I would love some support around small groups, okay? So if anybody out there is thinking, I could give a little bit of time to kind of do something that's going to help people connect and grow and to, and to bring God's kingdom here. Then, I'd, you know, come and chat to me. There's other places that you can serve as well. But I, I think we need to understand what we carry in our lives and think about who, maybe there's people that are missing out if we simply don't use our abilities. I don't, I don't want any of us to waste what we have been given. So when should we start? I think you know the answer now. Now is a great time to start. Don't sit back and wait for that most convenient time when you've got that next job or things have got a little bit easier in life because now is always the best time. Like David, you know, just learn to use what you have in whatever context you find yourself in. I want to leave us with this question to ponder. We're going to respond in prayer in a couple of minutes. But where can you use your God-given abilities to bring God's kingdom here on earth? How might your ability be used for the kingdom? Let me just throw out a few ideas. You know, perhaps you're really into the sport. Maybe you could, um, you know, maybe you're really into football and you could start um, a five-a-side kickabout so that a bunch of people could come and connect in there. Maybe you're an excellent shopper, like I mentioned earlier. Maybe could you build relationships with local shops and supermarkets so we can better serve those that are in need of resources? Maybe you're great at building stuff. And maybe great opportunities for you to do stuff for your loved ones through various different bits and pieces of blessing your neighbour. And maybe people around you could just do with some skills. Maybe that elderly neighbour just over the road, you have no one to support and help them. Maybe you're brilliant at baking cakes. Could you bless people with those cakes? It's a way to bless you to receive cakes. There's never a time that's not a good thing. Maybe there's opportunities to to help young people to learn a new skill. Where can you use your God-given abilities to bring God's kingdom to the world? Are we going to respond in prayer in just a moment? But I, I would love if um, we, we would really love to pray for all the women that are here this morning. You know, I, I'm aware that Mother's Day can be either a really joyful occasion or it can be an incredibly difficult occasion. But we just want to take this opportunity to bless the women that are part of our family group. So, if you are able to and you are a woman, would you be kind enough 
with a huge meaning. I want you to be able to stand for it. It's not quite enough. I know you're tough. Let me know when you can. And very simply, I would love to pray prayers of blessing over you. If you, um, if you are around and you see a woman nearby, can I just ask you to reach out her hand? Moment, but you're also there with them during the hard times. Lord, 